Welcome to the Creating Us podcast, hosted by the Office of Leader and Culture Development. My name is Jason Weber, your host, and I'm excited to be with you as we continue our journey through the simple truths of leadership. Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about simple truth number 20. And this one is titled, Love is the Answer, What is the Question? This is a really big topic. When we talk about this idea, the notion of love at work, where is its place? Where should it be? Should we love the work that we're doing? It's interesting that we read and hear from individuals who say, oh, no, work work should be endured. Work is separate than the things that you love. I have a hard time buying into that. I really think there's significant value in loving the work that you do. While this episode isn't about my past, I can specifically and very clearly give you an example of where I had to make a choice, doing something that I hated or seeking something that I loved. I made a significant shift. I made a career change. And I'll tell you what, while it hasn't been perfect every day, I am so thankful that I made the choice through the guidance of a mentor to seek what it is that I was the most passionate about. You can call it love. You can call it passion. You can call it what you want. But the reality is, do you love? Are you passionate about the work that you've done? In this lesson, there's a passage that the authors give. It's one that many people, if you've been to a wedding or other special occasion, it's a passage that many of you have heard. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Now, the point the authors want to make with this is if we look at this passage— Think about the key words. It's patient. It's kind. Does not envy. Does not boast. Is not proud. Now, we could go through the rest of the passage, but think about those key words for a minute. Think about them as a connection to leadership. I mean, isn't that the kind of leader that we're wanting? As we bring servant leadership into it, this is essentially exactly what we're going for. You know, our role as leaders through the lens of servant leadership, our our role as leaders is to support. There's a a section here that uh, Russ Moxley, M-O-X-L-E-Y, wrote, and it builds on this idea of love at work, but yet he calls it leadership as partnership. This is going to be another angle that we can take, but it's one that I feel confident will help bring this topic to life. So when we think about leadership as partnership, what Russ Moxley says is that there's five main requirements that I want us to consider. And Again, we're going to come back to the passage that was included in the book, but I I want to offer these five requirements for leadership as partnership because, again, I think they connect pretty well. 
first, the first requirement is that there must be a balance of power. A partnership will not work when one person has power and others don't. Now, as I read more into what he's talking about in these, it's not, we're not talking about positional power. What we're talking about is the power between individuals. Am I giving you the power to be engaged with the work that we're doing? Am I giving you power or the opportunity to contribute? The second is there must be a shared goal. Even though there's going to be differing opinions, which we deal with that every single day, we have to make sure that we know what a common shared goal is. So again, we can't be an effective partner if we don't have that shared goal. The third one, there must be a shared sense of responsibility and accountability. I want to bring in servant leadership here. What are we talking about as a servant leader? A servant leader, going back to Greenleaf's best test, do those served grow as persons? Do they, while being served, become more autonomous, freer, more likely themselves to become servants? They don't they don't get that way. They don't become that way simply by us giving them everything. What happens is there, there has to be a balance of power. We have to have an agreed upon goal, and we have to be okay with the shared sense of accountability and responsibility. We have to be able to know that we can hold each other accountable, that if I'm not living up my end of the bargain, well, that's a, you're going you're gonna to say something to me. That's what it means to be a leader. It's calling it out. It's saying something. Work cannot be an us versus them. I think we've tried that. I think we have so many examples where that's been tried, and it, it might work for a little bit, but we know that in the long run, that is not the effective way of leading. Okay, back to these five requirements. Number four, partnership requires respect for the person. Now, I'm going to bring in something that I tend to say quite a bit, which is you're not hearing you must like the person, but there must be a respect for the person, a respect for the knowledge and skills that they bring, a respect for who that person is, a respect that they can contribute. Remember, if they're a part of your team, there's something there that they can bring. So again, partnership requires respect. And the fifth one, partnership must be applied in all areas of organizational life. You know, there's an article I wrote recently, and it was talking about community, community leadership. And one of the key elements of it is that once we set our vision, once we set the mission, the values, our goals, we need to then also look and make sure that the systems and the processes support those goals, that vision, and that mission. Because if we don't, what we're setting ourselves up for is, hey, we're saying we're going to go do this, but then as soon as we put it into practice, our systems or our processes become a roadblock. So if we're going to be focusing on love is the answer, what is the question, if we're going to be looking at partnership in the workplace, 
then we have to make sure that when we create the space, when we create the environment by identifying our goals, by identifying the outcomes, the things that we're working towards, we need to also make sure that our systems support that. If not, we're going to create a disconnect. We're going to create frustration and we're going to create roadblocks completely unintentionally. So one of the things that the authors, back to the simple truths, one of the things that Connolly and Blanchard share is when we think about how do we know where we are at? How do we know where we sit with our teams? Their answer is, well, ask them, right? I, I agree with that. If we want to know, you've just got to ask. So there's a couple ways that you can do this. In the book, they talk about, you know, if we want to know if people see you as a servant leader, you can list the traits from that passage. Patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, does not proud. And, and then you can ask the team, which of these do you feel describe me as a leader? At that point, you can then talk through it. Well, tell me more about that to learn. And then you make a commitment to change. Now, right out of the gate, I can tell that for some, they would say, uh, that's not really for me. That's not how I would do it. So let me offer this. Pat Lanchoni talks about a way, a method of receiving feedback. There are many times where leaders will say, I want a 360 feedback, and they're good. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm all supportive of a 360 leader when done appropriately. But if you want to know where you're at, then ask your team, where, what value do I add? Where do you see I make the most contribution? And also, where do you think I can grow? What are the areas that you think I could develop to become a better leader? Have the dialogue. Include your team. Ask them. What would they say? How would others rate them? Throughout this study of the simple truths of leadership and as we move forward, I'm going to continue talking about connection, about relationships, about transparency. These are all the competencies of leadership that we talk about. Pick an author, and you're going to see similarities. Now, I don't say that to be negative, but obviously they're on to something. If we have all these books, if we have all these authors who talk about the, the role of relationships, the role of communication, of influence, it's got to mean something, right? So I would encourage you, what does that look like for your team? How will you know what your team thinks? Are you willing to ask them? And if not, why? That will require some self-exploration. We all have an opportunity to grow. Remember, leadership is a journey. It's not a finish line. It's, it's not a set point. It's a journey, and it's one that we're always going to be on. So again, love is the answer. What's the question? I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Creating Us podcast. 
If you have any questions or comments, please let me know at jason.weber at ttu.edu. Until next time, take care.